RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Thousands of people in Jordan and Yamate face mandatory COVID testing after a spate of cases in the area. Hong Kong's 180,000 civil servants are given four weeks to sign a declaration saying they'll uphold the basic law and pledge allegiance to the SAR. And two people are arrested on suspicion of helping two arson suspects flee Hong Kong. Thousands of people living in old tenement buildings in Yaomate and Jordan are being ordered to undergo coronavirus testing after a spate of COVID cases there. As Cecil Wong reports, the health chief says the government wants to achieve zero infections in the area. Health Secretary Sophia Chan told reporters that residents of 20 blocks in an area bordered by Nathan Road, Jordan Road, Kansu Street and Ferry Street have been affected so far. She said these people should go to a mobile testing station at Kunchung Sports Center or testing vans in the area between Saturday and Monday. The area is quite crowded and the hygiene condition is not so good. There are infection risks, she said. So we've decided to expand the mandatory tests in a bid to cut off the transmission chain of the virus as quickly as possible and achieve zero infection in the area, she added. Officers who can speak Nepalese, Urdu and other languages will visit the buildings and offer support for people from ethnic minority communities. Professor Chan also encouraged other residents in the district who are not covered by the mandatory testing order to get tested as soon as possible. Health authorities have said more than 80 COVID infections have been recorded in the Yaochimmang district in the past two weeks, with an outbreak involving more than 20 residents at an old tenement building on Reclamation Street. The president of the Hong Kong Nepalese Federation, Rana Ray, says a lot of ethnic minorities live in the affected area. He says language barriers are a major issue when it comes to letting people know they need to get tested. All the notices in Chinese, most of the people, they don't understand the Chinese. The area where the outbreak happened, most of the families, they still don't know what is the awareness. We should have to educate the people in our community first. We received the urgent within a few days. We need to inform our community and we can convince them what is the mandatory check system. Hong Kong's 180,000 civil servants have been told they'll be given four weeks to sign a declaration that they will uphold the basic law, pledge allegiance to the SAR and be responsible to the government or face the sack. Department heads, meanwhile, are required to take an oath. Richard Pine has details. The Civil Service Bureau says all civil servants should in no uncertain terms acknowledge and accept these basic duties, as this has all along been what the government and society expects and requires of them. It says negligence or refusal to take the oath or sign the declaration casts serious doubt on a civil servant's willingness to take up these basic duties and the suitability of them remaining in the civil service. The Bureau says the government will decide whether those who don't sign should be sacked after listening to their representations. In a circular issue to civil servants, the Bureau said it wasn't feasible to list exhaustively all types of improper conduct that may constitute a breach of the oath of upholding the basic law, as they may come in many different forms. But it said advocating Hong Kong independence, refusing to recognise China's sovereignty over Hong Kong, soliciting intervention by foreign forces into the SAR's affairs, and carrying out activities that endanger national security are definitely not allowed. Acts that aim to undermine the government in the governance of Hong Kong would be seen as violating the declaration, and that includes seeking to incite discontent in society against the administration, instigating or aggravating social instability. It said merely expressing views in public to oppose certain government policies or decisions would not normally be considered improper conduct, but it said civil servants must be well aware of their responsibilities and requirements brought about by their position. 
The Civil Service Bureau said it will take appropriate action against any officer who has allegedly committed misconduct. The chairman of the Federation of Civil Service Unions, Leung Chaoting, says the new oath-taking requirement will affect the morale of government staff, adding that some staff have already resigned. He's also calling for more clarity on exactly what would constitute a breach of the oath. Mr Leung says staff must be able to understand the new requirements, and he says he doesn't think it's necessary for all civil servants to take the oath because any misconduct can be dealt with under existing regulations. The police have arrested two people on suspicion of helping two suspects flee the city. The police say the two who fled Hong Kong are wanted in connection with an incident in November 2019 when a man was set ablaze in Maon San following an argument with a group of people. An acting superintendent of the Commercial Crime Bureau, Ng Kei Chun, says the force arrested two people at flats in Chai Wan and Yun Long. The arrested pair are suspected of helping the suspects buy plane tickets. The police say they've arrested 14 men and four women in connection with the incident in Maon San. You're listening to RTHK. The time is exactly five minutes past 11. A former firefighter has been jailed for 34 months after he was found to be carrying four Molotov cocktails during an anti-government protest in 2019. Vicky Wong reports. The defendant, 34-year-old Fong Chi Hung, pleaded guilty to five charges at the district court in relation to a protest in Mong Kok on November the 10th, 2019. Handing down the sentence, Judge Timothy Casewell said the Molotov cocktails, which Fong had in his possession, could have led to an escalation in the unlawful assembly that was taking place. The judge noted that as well as having Molotov cocktails in a bag, Fong was also holding one in his hands, saying this was more serious. Mr Casewell also said the defendant had played a coordinating role at the scene and police found him with an unlicensed radio communication device, namely a wireless microphone. The judge said although Fong had been commended for his decade-long service as a firefighter and was remorseful, a deterrent sentence was required. Another defendant in the case, Chiu Ho Chun, 26, was given 28 months behind bars for illegal assembly and possessing two Molotov cocktails. A third defendant, a 17-year-old student, was sent to a rehabilitation centre for taking part in the same protest. The police are releasing a promotional film highlighting the professionalism of the force. But, as Timmy Sung reports, critics questioned whether it would be able to restore the force's reputation, saying it's in tatters in light of the social unrest in the past year and a half. The trailer for the short film titled Safeguard Our City has been released on the police Facebook page before it's due to be aired on TVB on January the 23rd. In the theme, Deputy Police Commissioner Raymond Seal joins around 600 active officers from various units to fight terrorists in the city. A force spokesman told RTHK that it started planning the promotional video in August last year. And the theme is aimed at showcasing the professionalism of officers amid unfounded allegations against police. The spokesman added, there's a need to begin a new round of promotional work to demonstrate the force's professional and positive image, both internally and externally. How do people feel about this? Some Facebook users said they were looking forward to seeing the video. One person wrote on the police page, support Hong Kong police. Normal Hong Kongers would definitely watch it at oil. Another wrote, looking forward to it. The trailer is just like a big movie. But others aren't as excited. It seems that the police still don't know what the problem is, this woman said. 
We want to know the truth about the July 21st Yunnan attack and August 31st riot police storming Prince Edward MTR station. Professor Ma Ngoc from Chinese University Department of Government and Public Administration noted that not just the police, but the government as a whole is facing a credibility issue. A lot of people uh, believe that since 2019, a lot of the uh, misbehavior of the police actually seems to be unchecked and not uh, held accountable uh, uh, to the public. So, uh, and, and the watchdog organizations like the uh, IPCC actually is not effective. So I think that the public generally has a very low confidence in the accountability for the police. So that hasn't been any kind of systemic changes in the last two years. So I don't think a couple of promotional videos will change the scene. The police didn't say how much the production cost, but insisted they would ensure the proper use of public funds. Federation of Trade Unions lawmaker Kwok Wai Kung says he'll be happy to cooperate with any investigation against him a day after he was caught driving while using the video conferencing software Zoom to attend an online LegCo meeting. Violet Wong has details. Kwok Wai Kung apologized for his actions and says he'll deeply reflect on his driving attitude and strictly abide by the rules from now on. The FTU legislator used a photo of the electrical complex as his virtual background for the Zoom session, but it soon became apparent that Mr. Kwok was driving around at the same time, as he was obviously wearing a seatbelt and was often looking around while an ornament hanging off his rear-view mirror occasionally peers through the virtual background. Some people speculate that the legislator may have committed the offence of careless driving, which is punishable by a prison term of six months and a maximum fine of $5,000. Mr Kwok says he'll cooperate with any possible probe into his actions. The FTU lawmaker admitted to driving while on Zoom on Thursday in a social media post but told people not to worry as he had found a suitable parking spot as soon as he could to continue attending the online meeting. He said he had been running around to serve his community and the heating in his car had provided welcome respite from the cold weather before calling on people to pay attention to road safety. Some left critical comments on the post, saying the lawmaker should turn himself in, but others were more supportive saying it just showed how hardworking Mr Kwok was to attend meetings while he was driving and questioned why this should be considered a crime. The government is seeking an additional $1.5 billion in funding from LegCo to cover budget overruns in the construction of the Hong Kong-Juhai-Macau Bridge. Jimmy Choi has the details. The 55-kilometre bridge and tunnel connecting the three cities opened in 2018. Hong Kong showed us the construction costs for the main bridge, and officials say the estimated cost has jumped from the original $9 billion to $10.5 billion. At a LegCo transport panel meeting, the officials explained that the technical difficulties they faced in building such a massive and complex bridge were greater than expected, and construction costs were also driven up by the longer-than-expected time it took to complete the project. Several pro-establishment lawmakers said they understood and supported the government's funding request, with the panel chair, Frankie Yick, saying the authorities could submit their suggestions to the Public Works Subcommittee for further discussion. The Secretary for Transport and Housing, Frank Chan, said the cross-border flow of vehicles and people had fallen significantly during the pandemic, but he said the Hong kong Zhuhai macau Bridge Authority will cut costs and seek new money sources in future, such as removing the current quota on Hong Kong vehicles. 
Mr. Chen said he believed that in the long run, revenue from the bridge will cover its expenses. He added that the revenue will also be able to cover the loans for the construction costs if things go smoothly over a 30-year period. At least 42 people have died in an earthquake of a 6.2 magnitude on the Indonesian island of Sulawesi. Others are still trapped beneath collapsed buildings, including a hospital. The head of Indonesia's Red Cross, Jan Gelfand, said the high level of COVID infections in Indonesia is complicating relief efforts. The numbers of positive cases have skyrocketed as of late in Indonesia. We're lucky we don't have the, as far as we know, this new variant, but. You don't want to help people while you endanger and put at risk other people. We're including things like masks and other personal protection equipment and hand washing stations and all those kinds of things that that have added that we would maybe not have thought about in in other operations. The U.S. president-elect Joe Biden has unveiled a massive plan to address what he called the twin crises of the coronavirus pandemic and a sinking economy. It's worth nearly two trillion U.S. dollars. The package allocates billions of dollars for rolling out vaccines. Mr. Biden promised to scale up the operation once he takes office. The vaccine rollout in the United States has been a dismal failure thus far. Tomorrow, I will lay out our vaccination plan. To correct course and meet our goal of 100 million shots at the end of my first 100 days as president, this will be one of the most challenging operational efforts we have ever undertaken as a nation. To sport and cricket, Manus Labuschagne smashed a century for the hosts as Australia exploited India's injury woes and punished their poor fielding to reach 274 for five at the end of day one of the fourth Test decider in Brisbane. The series is tied one all after a drawn third Test in Sydney. And with a look ahead to this weekend's English football action, here's the BBC's John Bennett. There's only one place to start this weekend, one of English football's biggest rivalries, which has an added edge this season after Manchester United returned to the top of the Premier League for the first time in over three years. The leaders meet the champions Liverpool at Anfield, with the two sides separated by just three points in first and second position in the table. United have won nine of their last eleven Premier League matches. To turn themselves into genuine title contenders after what's already been a roller coaster season, defending champions Liverpool are going through a blip in form, failing to win in any of their last three fixtures. If Liverpool drop more points against Manchester United, Manchester City could move into second place. City have won seven games in a row in all competitions, but below the top three, it is very close. Man City are level on 32 points with Leicester City and Everton. Leicester play seventh place Southampton this weekend, but Everton's game against Aston Villa has been postponed. And the pressure is on Chelsea, who are down in ninth position in the table. They go into the London derby against Fulham on the back of just one win in six Premier League matches. A reminder of our top stories tonight: thousands of people in Jordan and Yamate face mandatory COVID testing after a spate of cases in the area, and two people are arrested on suspicion of helping two arson suspects flee Hong Kong. The news from RTHK. In our newsroom, Todd Harding. More news coming up at midnight. Dance, 
gonna be So darling, say the last dance for me Oh, I know, oh, I know that the music's yes, fine, like sparkling oh, wine. Go and have your yes, fun. I know. Oh, I know. Laugh and sing. Yes, I know. But while we're oh, apart, don't give your yes, heart to anyone. Oh, but don't forget who's taking you home and in whose arms you're gonna be. So darling, say the last dance for me. Don't you know I love you so? Can't you feel it when we touch? I will never, never let you go. I love you oh so much. You can dance, you can dance. Go and carry you on dance. till the night is gone dance. and it's time to go. You can dance. If he asks, you if you're all alone, you can, can he take you, you home? Dance. You must tell him no. Cause don't forget who's taking you home And in whose arms you're gonna be So darling, say the last dance for me Cause don't forget who's taking you home So darling, say the last dance for me And uh, into this hour with uh, Save the Last Dance for me and uh, that one, um, The Drifters with Ben E. King on vocals from uh, 1960. The Platters. Only make 